Welcome to the Mike Hewitt Show. Nine years and growing. It's about family, business, work, and politics like you've never heard it before. Yep, it's true. There's more than just a touch of wry humor mixed in. And now your host, Mike Hewitt. Folks, I am Mike Hewitt. Co-hosts Miles Bauer and Miles Ludwig von Wiedemdorski is back in the studio. Holy smokes. That's close to what I said. Ludwig, how have you been? Good. I only missed a week. Oh, Miles, we we need to pitch in together and buy him a really, really up-to-date and current calendar. Speaking of folks that don't know anything, college costs have <laughs> soared multiple times the rate of inflation over the last 50 years. Um, that's from foxbusiness.com. Um, and meanwhile, Ludwig, you can address us being Professor Ludwig. Meanwhile, enrollment has fallen for the past decade. Is that true? All of it's true. So, uh, listen, guys, the reason I bring this up right out of the gate is we've got to talk about Biden's free education for votes program. Um, I get that the folks that owe money on it are happy. I get that the folks that are the ones that are paying taxes aren't. And by the way, I hear conservatives that owe money that are going, well, I've paid in more than I've taken anyhow. So it's okay. And listen, the, the person that I blame this debate on is actually President Obama and Vice President Biden. Yep. When they federalized education money, it turned it into an outrageous program that allowed higher education to absolutely glam, extort money. They they sent their tuition, the, the fees that they charge through the roof. You want a cool fact? Go ahead. For every dollar of federal aid, yep. tuition goes up 76 cents. Well, yeah, because they're glomming it. So you only actually get 24 cents of the dollar that you're taking in aid. Right. But, but listen, that's all really predictable. Yeah. Miles, is this any different? You tell me how wrong I am here. But you and I listened back during the Trump administration with the first COVID rollout of free money. We predicted then that rollout of free money was going to cause inflation. Is that true? Oh, yeah. And so I tell you, when we watch Biden do this, and folks, it is absolutely a midterm power grab for votes. No question about it. And its result will be as predictable as it was for you and my you and me, Miles Bauer. So what do you what do you think? What am I is it a fair comparison I'm making? Oh yeah. It's just, you know, the 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 people that I feel sorry for are the people that didn't go to college that bought a set of tools and started a business nobody helped them buy those tools while they were growing their their uh business right and and i gotta be a little um selfish here <laughs> i did pay off all my college loans so now apparently i am a sucker yeah i was i was gonna say you know you are probably one of the best educated people that I personally know, which makes you, since you don't owe any 
federal student loan money may be one of the dumbest. <laughs> so, right? so here's a solution for this. Because yeah. there is a major issue with student debt. This is a real problem. Yeah. I don't care which side of the aisle you're on. If you, if you don't recognize it, then I'm not sure you're, you're being honest with yourself. There's a major problem here. And in the last 20 years, it's been leaps and bounds. And it is because of Obama. So during the period of Obama, he took all federal loans, all, all student loans, and federalized them. Right. And you used to be able to get a subsidized and unsubsidized. Subsidized meant that you accrued no interest while you were in school until six months after you were done. Unsubsidized meant you got interest in the day you took it on. He reduced the amount of subsidized and increased the amount of unsubsidized. Didn't increase the total amount you could take, but just made the subsidized less. So my, but before, I think it was like 70-30. They flipped it to 30-70. Right. Then they took the rate from three and a half percent to six and a half to eight percent. Right. Now, mind you, at the same time, a mortgage was two point five percent. Sure. So there is an issue here. It's not about necessarily the debt amount. In my view, and what I would have liked to see, if they're really going to tackle this problem is reduce or eliminate the interest part of the payments. Do not reduce the loan amount because you borrowed that amount. And I say this as a person who currently has student loans. I bought 135000 I've had it for nine years since I've been out of school, and I still owe $193,000. Sure. I have over almost $60,000 in interest. That's, that, there's a problem there. So if I could borrow that money, and like Miles is saying, I agree, the guy who borrowed the money to start a business is getting screwed here. But that person was borrowing money at 25 3 4%. So the guy who did go to school borrowed, ended up getting at 8%. It, it, it's all trash. The government took it over, and they screwed up. They increased the well, cost. Listen, the, listen, the, the, the government used socialism. Socialism yes. doesn't work. Yes. But where I differ with you on this, for, first off, if you signed an agreement, Miles yep. and I have some personal experience here. Mm-hmm. You sign right. an agreement, you give your commitment, do it. Yep. And that's what I say to those folks. But, But at the same time, once the government got involved... So, folks, when we keep yelling about education debt, I got to tell you, folks, I'll get the math for one of our episodes. But when we're talking about education debt, we're lying to ourselves because the government allowed for people to put their entire living expenses on educational loans. Oh, yeah. So not just the tuition. So you, not you, folks went out and bought pizza, paid for uh, an upgraded apartment from the dorm. They bought, put money down on a car. They did all kind of crap. Bought that $400 radio you and I have been arguing about on the air for seven years. Yep. Paid crazy interest rates for it. And now, Miles, because you're stupid and paid off yours, you're going to pay for theirs. Right. I, 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 it's, and at the same time, so you got, you've got citizens, students, going crazy with what they perceived as free money. That's what they perceived it as. Yeah. And you got the schools going crazy with what they actually got as free money. Mm-hmm. And the result is, I had been saying a 1000 It's 1,500% increase in tuition since 1980. 1,500% for those of you that didn't go to higher education and don't owe money now. I'm telling you, that's a big number. So... If you would have went to a certain university I did that I also teach at now in the year 2000, it was $2,020 for 12 to 20 credits. So anywhere in between there, it's $2,000 essentially. Today, it's over 7000 7000 So in 
that 20 year, 22 year span, it increased from 2,000 to 7,000. The only thing that changed, the education didn't get better, nothing else changed except for the available money. Because when I signed up for courses back then, I didn't have enough loan available to me to live off campus. There was no, they gave you enough of your classes. Now you can borrow up to like 12000 a year on top of your Paul Grants and everything else, regardless if you need it or not. So then I pause and I say, guys, what drives what I consider to be an economic phenomenon? I think the schools have glommed it. I think students glommed it, by the way. I think parents glommed it. I'm being candid with you. You sent your child to school. You told him or her their entire life that that's the only choice they got is go to school, but you pay it. And by the way, the government's going to take care of you. I put it all on everybody's lap, but I thought, wait, what drove it? And then my next article before break, higher education showered Biden Democrats with millions in campaign cash prior to student loan handout. Democrats have received more than 70% of political donations that they get come from higher education going back to 2002 forward. And so we don't have to sit and scratch our head and say what drove these decisions that are economic numbskull decisions. And the answer is the same people that drove tuition 1,500% through the roof were bribing our legislators. That's all I'm saying. Folks, stay with us. We've got a lot more to cover. We'll be right back. All right, so we're talking about education numbers, massive debt. Biden is looking to buy some votes at midterm because he knows the Democrats are in trouble. I talked about, the, the, the frankly, the I hate to say the educational structure, but I think higher education is glomming federal money because nobody got 3 million federal employees and not one of them is directly accountable to this. So, But then I look and say, okay, well, are we getting 1,500% better education than we were in 1980? Now, Miles, you are, I, I used to think of you as an academiac. Do you, you think it was better now or better then? I think it was better then, to be honest. Not, was it less political and more, and more, more uh, educational back then? I, I don't know if it was less political. I mean, I even remember... My teachers in grade school saying, like, raise your hand if you're going to vote for Nixon. Right. To you ostracize know? So you. I, I just think that they're more overt about their politics than sure. they were. Yeah, I, I think you're probably right. But the reason I ask you that is that doing show prep, I'm looking at all of these articles. Um, most of them seem to be of course, like everything else in America now, divided left and right in the take on it. Uh, and But I started asking the question, okay, where are we with results? Um, and so we're the most well-funded educational system in the world, in the world, and we're about, last I looked at the list, about 26th on the list of results in the world. But it's all funding, Mike. It's about it's about money. You just, it's no, no, about no, no, no. Unionism. There's not, there's not enough funding. 
Don't you know that? That's why we have all these millages. we got to fund it more. You're right. And in America, I'm not going there. Folks, he's trying to get me on a rant. I'm not doing it. But it <laughs> used to be where education was about the mission of education. And somewhere over my lifetime, it morphed maybe longer than that because I'm kind of young. Yeah, it, right. <laughs> it morphed from education was the purpose, to your point, funding was the purpose. But I'm reading this article because I'm not going to let you get me. What? The fact that these kids are signing student loans for money they, they're told they can pay back because their job's going to pay them 80000 a year, but they didn't have a personal finance class in, in high school or how to balance They don't checkbook. even teach them how to do a checkbook. Yeah, they, they don't they, teach them cursive. Yeah, but yet somehow they're going to know that the student loan is going to cost them actually you know, three times as much. I mean, that's not a problem in education. To avoid today's wokeness, parents are enrolling their kids in Catholic schools. Faith-based education is helping parents avoid woke agenda. And I write as a subnote, all faith-based schools are seeing a bump, a big bump. I've got nine grandbabies. Several of them will be in faith-based this year. One of them was in faith-based last year. The numbers are growing. I've been calling for public schools to have empty halls for a long time because I think the only corrective measure is competition. I know that the leftists and the socialists, their heads, they can't get their head around what I just said, but that's the funding. And speaking of the funding, and speaking of the funding, let me hit an old drum. Miles, I'll ask you again, tell me your opinion of this thing. If if you're raising children and you're putting them all through the faith-based school of your choice, why are you still paying public school tax? Oh, I know. I know. But, you know, let's not forget that our friendly neighborhood Democrats are in bed with the teachers' unions. 70%, I read it, 70% of the campaign contributions to Democrat Party and candidates came from education. Folks, if that doesn't tell you something, it's because you don't want to know. That's just math. You can say that's great math, good math, like that it went there, whatever your persuasion is is up to you but in the end it's just math and so when we say what drives this problem we now know the answer it's funding money go lud i I moved my kids to a catholic school in 2013-14 school year Uh, my oldest was in third my youngest or my daughter was in going into first common core education came around that time and as soon as i heard about it i moved them like, this is not the right way to educate. So I moved them then. And then just over that nine-year period, period of time, the education has decreased because we're seeing more of the wokeness and the force of white privilege teaching, all these things they keep talking about. Uh, I don't remember the 1680 project, whatever that is, and all these things that have come into the school in the last nine years. I, I did it years ago because of Common Core. You see, and I've corrected myself recently, by the way. I would point at education and say academia. In fact, I think I did it a few minutes ago. Mm-hmm. When and actually, it isn't academics that we're talking about. It's social engineering. In my example, I'll say again without the rant, the books from the 1890s for eighth grade, the average college graduate with a four-year degree could not pass now. And let me reiterate, for eighth grade for your great-grandfather, and if you've got a four-year degree, it is likely 
you'd be very challenged by the arithmetic book. And the idea that you think you're going to go run a farm with high volume uh, products and distribution based on what your current education is, is bordering on laughable. It ain't happening. And the difference is, is back then they were actually academic. They were teaching academics. Now it's all about social engineering. Miles Bauer, what say you? No, I um, certainly agree with, with that. Somehow, somewhere along the way, we've, we've lost the three R's. We did, but I think we did that when we surrendered ourselves to no competition education. The concept of government schools, it sounds warm and fuzzy. It really does. I get it. But when that is the only choice, we know that that choice will be glommed and poisoned. It's human nature. I'm sorry. I'm not making a left or right statement. We know what happens when there's a system that has no check and balance. We know it. It's going to get glommed. It's going to get poisoned. It's going to be used for purposes beyond it. And when we have measures that demonstrate that, and we do not pay attention to the measures, like, for instance, the most expensive in the world, where we're ranking at 26th now, if those are not ringing your bell as a parent, it's because you don't want to know. You've made a willful decision to not know. This sounds like I pay for a Lamborghini, but I end up with a Kia. You got a you got a Yugo. A Yugo. Don't drive across the bridge. <laughs> no Mackinac bridge on your Yugos. So you're older than you think. <laughs> Stories get passed down through generations. <laughs> yeah, there you go. All right, we're we're down to a couple minutes, Miles. Let's change gears to your topic. Democrats bet big on Marilargo midterm strategy. I write anything to win. They're entirely absent of a moral compass. Miles, tell me, correct me. That that really did come off to me as clickbait, by the way. I know. I knew you'd say that. I should have <laughs> I'm gonna start writing on the notes. You know, Miles is clickbait. Here we go. But it's <laughs> true. They are they Don't. really did count on Mail Argo's event to give them some negative talk leading into the midterms. That part I very much agree with. And the guy who wrote the article is a Democrat strategist, so right. I so, mean, he has a dog in the hunt. He does, but he but he's about money. He's a he's a mercenary before he's anything. So I'm I'm thinking about uh, what was the what was the Clinton's guy that was a lib. Now he's supposedly a conservative, Morris or Dick Morris. <laughs> yeah, who's a, who was a mercenary? The guy's just about the money. Heck, he could have been a. Well, I shouldn't say public school teacher. That's rotten of me. I'm reading, I take that back. I'm reading this article, and he's right. The clickbait part? Yeah, he goes, plus any time spent talking about the former president and not about inflation rising cross, cost across the board helps down ballot Democrat incumbents and challengers. And he's right, because I remember when this happened, this raid happened, I said, this is the same day, if not the next day, after they signed the Inflation Reduction Act. Because that was a trillion dollars, which was going to cause more inflation. They immediately raided his house. This was planned, it was orchestrated, and it was timed with that signing. Listen, they are masters. I've been saying this all along at sniping a, per, a, a percent here, a half a percent there, 0.01% there. Folks, stay with us, and we'll talk about more voters in just a minute.
Folks, if you're just tuning in, I am Mike Hewitt, co-hosts Miles Bauer and Ludwig von Wiedemdorski. Guys, right before, before I even get to that, let me tell you, we've got a message in a little bit we're going to want to talk about, and it was driven by an email from Susan Wise. W-I-S-E, is that pronounced Wise? Mm-hmm. I know the word, but anyway, so we got an email from this person several times about electrical electric cars. So we're going to chat about that in a minute. But first, let's finish up the Mar Largo midterm vote scam. And I say that because one of the things Democrats have, and I mean this respectfully, by the way, but I just put my campaign hat on. If for just a moment, I'm just a political consultant and I look at what they do, they do a very, very good job. The three of us talked about this in the 19, in the 2020 election cycle, they really do a masterful job at grinding the numbers. So let's just say for easy math, the world is divided 50-50. They want to get 0.01%, 0.03%, 0.2%. They want to grind out a minor majority. And they do it with these with these um, acidy issues. They'll make, create an acidy issue. And I use as an example, but not to revisit it, the educational thing. Their policies created a financial train wreck for students, parents, and America. But thank goodness they're here to fix it for us with our money. They did it. But you morons did it. You pay for it. I'm just being honest. So anyway, when I looked at the Miralago thing, we're a couple weeks into it, and I still cannot write down on paper Anything that me, that's meaningful, I'm watching liberal constitutional professors say they got nothing out of this. And I said, oh, no, they did. They got politics out of this. Ludge, you brought it up kind of, sort of. What say you on it? Oh, I, I think this was 100% driven and, and timed at that point that that bill was signed for the Inflation Reduction Act, they want to call it, even though it's going to increase inflation. That was the next day or the same day. There was a reason. Again, we're signing this. We don't, oh, it's not getting good media attention. Flip it. Let's get Trump in the news. Because if Trump's in the news, it'll re, it'll unite everybody there and bring Trump and his negative attention out in public rather than what we're doing over here, everything well, they, wrong. Well, they make it negative. And, so there'll and, be something that happens within the next week that'll the, take but, attention off the student But the part care. that they're not talking about legally is that Trump never loses his access to those records. Yeah. Think about that for a minute. And so the archives want those records that Trump will never lose, assuming no constitutional intervention. Trump or Obama or Carter or any of the other presidents, they do not lose their right, their access to classified information. They just don't. And so the argument is implied that he has something he shouldn't have. He has access to something he shouldn't have. Folks, it's about grinding out a percent here, point a percent there, and it's all nonsense negative that they drive, but it works for them. But does it go back to the education thing that people don't know that? Well, the folks don't connect it, The fo- they, but they're not told it. Mm-hmm. I have to defend them. I had to read it. I didn't just suddenly know. Miles, it reminds me of one of your family members saying, well, you were just born lucky with mathematics. Right. I had to actually read it. Miles had to work hard to get the math foundation that he has. 
You oh, don't just you come by math. this information. I thought you just had to read it and he was doing your math. No, no, I stole Coca-Cola. He gave me my math. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that, that program That's called out. a free market economic system. <laughs> it worked out That's well. Right. Everybody was happy in that now, system. if you would have threatened to beat him up if he did it, that would have been communism. Right? <laughs> yeah. I hadn't thought of that. Yeah. That would have been fascism, either one. Yeah. Checker or Gestapo, you decide. <laughs> anyway, to me, it's all about politics. Jared, can you do me a favor and play that 60-second clip that Susan Wise asked me to create? Hit her. Mike Hewitt here. Electric vehicles, EVs, the newest old rage. Ford announces 3,000 layoffs, likely more to follow, as it begins its turn towards a goal of producing 600,000 EVs annually. GM's CEO first says the electricity comes from the building and then offers that maybe it's from coal and natural gas. A Tesla battery fire took the fire department more than 4,500 gallons to extinguish darn pesky batteries. According to the EPA, the average EV can travel 234 miles on a single charge, but it only takes eight hours to recharge. Imagine the family fun you'll have on your next vacation. How many of the vehicles currently on the road are fully electric? Just under 1%. Lots of big changes are heading our way. Steamrolled by the extreme left, they're getting way ahead of themselves at our expense. Get beyond the obvious at themikehewittshow.com. Miles Bauer, what do you think of that clip? I think it's good. Uh, yeah. Listen, Susan Weiss asked, she was asking us what our opinion is of the electric um car market and the reason she asked us is that she's heard one or all three of us in the past talking poorly about the electric car market and so she's saying listen everybody meaning the manufacturers everybody is doing this are you guys going to capitulate are you changing your view of it what are you shaking your head about no i'm not listen i have a problem with the market the market there's a market for it if the market wants it god bless them yeah Yep. What I have a problem with is the force of forcing us into a market that no one wants. And when I say no one, meaning the majority, okay? So, yeah, there are people, but the majority is, is saying no. What I also don't like is when they're trying to incentivize it by $7,500, and then you watch Ford. You know they did their prices on the electric cars? Lowered them. No, increased them by $7,500, <laughs> just the right amount that you get from the government. Yeah, you're talking about a federal rebate. Yeah, federal rebate, and yeah. Ford and, and another company, I can't remember the company it was, actually increased their price within a month, $7,500. Now, tell me, and I don't, I don't know this, Lud, so it's not a rhetorical question, but truly is, it a, is there still a $7,500 federal rebate? Yes. I know, the reason I'm asking... There was for the car for junkers. Well, no, I thought it was a tax re rebate, yeah. so you don't get it until April. Yeah, but you not, but that's the one. new one. Yeah. The reason I'm asking it that way, folks, is that I spent 30-some years in the car business in senior management mostly. And I, there was a time when I was running um, a Chevy store and a large one in, in the state of Wisconsin. And at the time, Volt was rolling out. Oh, yeah. And they had a $7,500 rebate on the Volts. It was literally a rebate that you got credit for at purchase, but it was not a Chevy or GM rebate. It was a federal government $7,500 rebate. So they're stuck on the number of $7,500 at the time, and I can't address the new, 
But at the time when Mr. and Mrs. Carbuyer were walking across the floor, would you like to look at the Chevy Volt with a $7,500 rebate? They bust out laughing in your face. Not my face, but the salespeople's face. And they boom, like they were shot out of a cannon. Nobody wants these things, which is why I added on that piece. I started asking myself, what's the math? How many people are really in these things? Has it grown? It ain't grown. It was about 1% then, a little less. When I say then, I'm talking about 11 years ago. And it's still about 1%. It's a niche market. There's a lot of niche part manufacturers that are popping up with some cool-looking designs that are bringing people to the market. But Price tags are saying, oh! Yeah, I mean, when you're talking 50000 minimum. Minimum. And cars are outrageous now anyways, but 50000 for minimum, not a fully yeah. loaded, you know, and so, chorus. So I'm looking at I'm looking at electric cars. I, folks, I love history. Just in case you don't know me, I absolutely love American history. So I say electric cars, them are from the 1890s. Mm-hmm. And I look, okay, 1900, 1910. I'm looking at several different manufacturers producing electric. I'm dying. Miles, guess. What do you think the percent of ownership was of electric cars in the year 1900? I'd say less than one, 1%. Yeah, about the same as it is right now. Less than 1%. Think about that for yeah. a minute, folks. Sometimes it truly is just math. So 122 years later, they're still grinding us, and the market still says less than 1%. No changes with common sense in that arena. Folks, stay with us, and we'll be right back. All right, guys, let's change gears. I'm reading an article from ZeroHedge.com. Uh, 4.9 million illegal aliens crossed U.S. border in 18 months. So that means 4.9 million illegal aliens since Biden took office, says the report they're quoting. I add, if they had their own state, just that year and a half of illegal aliens would be the 25th most populous state in the union. And so what I'm telegraphing here is forget whether you love this or hate this, open borders, no borders. You got to pause and do the math. When you start talking about allowing folks in that are mostly, almost entirely unvetted, and they are now representative of the 25th largest populous state in America, Miles, does that bring us risk undue expense? Is that meaningless? Should we open the borders and just say phooey? What say you, Miles Bauer? Yeah, I was going to say, I think this is going to obviously lead to more debt at a time where we're struggling with high inflation. And, you know, that, I don't know, Lude, I, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but that doesn't spell like good times are coming economically. No, it's a major problem. I mean, think about this. It's the size of Ireland. The whole country. The whole country of Ireland in population just came in here. So imagine those 4.9 million people had Ireland or Irish military uniforms on. What would we call that? Uh, An insurgency? It would be an insurgency. But listen, when I've used the word insurgency, because by definition, if you're dealing with 100 people, 
a thousand people. That's the problem. It turns into a math debate uh, when it comes to what do we do. And I've said very consistently for the 10 years this show's been on, on the air, if, if it were me and my four daughters and my wife, if we were in living in cardboard huts with drug lords ruling, I don't care how tall Donald Trump built the wall, I would get my family here. I just would. The question is, is how does America deal with that? So we've got a state filled with folks that cannot legally contribute the size of the 25th state in the union. So everybody, if, if we were not talking about illegal migration, if we were talking about the state of Michigan, I'm just picking us, and we wanted everything available to everybody that's hearing our voice outside of Michigan, but we had no mechanical means to contribute to it, how long would the rest of the states want to carry us? It's, some of it's just math, but we get lost in the politics rather than the math. And it's a toughie because I'm telling you up front, if I were them, I'd be doing the same thing, which begs the question, why don't we establish a vetting process and come up with a number that says this amount is too many, this amount is what our economy and our system of vetting can handle? Miles, am I being naive with that? No, not at all. I, I, to me, it's just common sense. And I, and by the way, when I did that, uh, when I've done 60-second pieces on this topic, I mean, I, I post a, a fair number of these with pictures to uh, Facebook and other social media sources. But when I get on this topic with one of those, it's a big collage of the way we used to do things. Uh, Ellis Island and my family came over in 1881 from a boat and, and, to, and you start, these people were all vetted and when they couldn't vet them when there were too many, they'd say, stop, we have to catch up. You can go back where there were big surges and look at how our government stopped the surge so that they could get a hold of it. A lot of, several of our founders called for immigration to us, they wanted to grow, but they also were very articulate as saying that they had to be careful generationally, and they didn't want it to be all of these folks in this community, all of those folks in that community. Ben Franklin wrote a lot on it, and so did Thomas Jefferson. And I think they were correct because math itself doesn't change. It's the politics that people get quagmired in. So something I think Trump brought a good light to in all this was we talk about, you know, you've said multiple times, my daughter and I were in trouble. We, we do whatever you got to do to get here. Good. What I think Trump brought to light with, though, is that we're giving billions of dollars to these countries to not have those issues. So this isn't just Mexicans. It's not just Guatemalans. It's not just South American countries. We're talking about Haitians. That means they had to get on a boat. Somebody had to put them on a boat and bring them to Central America. A couple weeks ago, the Guatemalan president came out and said that they have not heard from the executive branch, neither President as I say, Harris, but Biden, or Vice President Harris. That's Joe, President Jill Biden. <laughs> Jill Biden uh, has not heard from any of them since her trip there last year, and he would be more than happy to take back the Guatemalans who've crossed the border illegally, but has not heard from the executive branch. He said, I did a 60-second piece last week on it, he said he can't get phone calls back. Yeah. The President of the United States will not call him back. He's the President of a foreign country, 
that shares in this burden says, I'm trying to do my part. The man won't even call me back. And the reason he won't call him back, and I'm telling you, this is true what I'm going to tell you. He doesn't want a resolution. I want you to think about that for a minute. President Biden, Jill or Joe, you decide, does not want a resolution. This is not like Mike's opinion. It's very documentable that he won't call these people back, including the Mexican president, that are saying we need to sit down and resolve this because people are getting hurt, they're getting murdered, they're getting they're, they're bringing drugs in, they're being stolen into slavery for sex or labor. What president wants to be a part of that to hopefully pick up a few votes? Who wants to be a part of that for a few votes? Well, Come for, on. Hey, hey, Mike, though. Yeah. To be honest, the whole subject of Im- immigration, both sides of the aisles are guilty of I agree. not doing anything. Absolutely agree. And there's two separate agendas. Miles, you tell me if I'm wrong. First off, thank you. Thank you for saying that. Even in the 62nd piece I did. I said that the idea that we're doing this for the purpose of cheap labor or votes, which is what we're talking about on the two sides of the aisle, I say shame on us both, both sides, for placing these people and Americans into this ugly circumstance. Because first off, cheap labor, that war was fought and freedom won. That's my take on that. The other is votes. Stop that. That's just childish on the part to your point, Miles, on the part of both sides. Miles, didn't Shrub say, as you refer to him, that America, they're bringing in immigrants from Mexico because they're t- doing jobs Americans wouldn't do? Yeah, which I've always thought was a garbage ar- argument. Yep. You know, they, they, they've always said, oh, well, food would be a lot more expensive unless we had all this, this uh, cheap labor. Okay, so then let's price food at, at a realistic level so that we don't need all of that cheap labor. Yeah, let's do it legally and charge what the market will bear. And if, right. we, and if we can't stay in business doing it, then we need to look at a different but, business. And think about this. It's another it, way to keep wages low then too, isn't it? It, it is, but listen. For everybody, Americans, it, not just the... It, it, it keeps everybody lower, to your point. Yeah. But, but the most striking part about it is, is that folks on both sides of the aisle seem to be okay with a sub-citizenry. Folks... I don't know what your politics is, but Mike Hewitt passionately rejects that form of thinking. If we're going to welcome people in, we're going to welcome them in knowing that they're going to willfully be vetted and that they'll be in pursuit of citizenship equally, not three-fifths, not one-half, not sort of, kind of, not less than me or greater than me. That's how a meritocracy system of, of society is supposed to function. The idea that we would want people here without a vote, without the means of a vote. The idea that we would want people here just to get our mashed potatoes churned cheaper. Folks, those are repulsive thoughts to me. Miles, thank you for making sure we touched on that. We're down to a minute. Any more pearls of wisdom, Miles Bauer? Um, Lude, how's your little buddy? It's just silent. I wish you could see his face. And for the for those folks that don't know the story, because I don't want your imaginations to run wild. My brother had it. When Ludwig was a little boy, he had the My Little Buddy doll that he loved. He My carried brother him. did. I had Voltron. He dressed him, put his little... 
it was your little buddy. My mom still got it. I've talked to your brother, and your brother says, my brother's a liar. The little buddy was his. Talk to the wrong one. I'm just telling you what your brother told me. So, listen, folks, like I said, Susan Wise had emailed us and got me on the, got us on the EV, EV path. Please, please, please send me an email, Mike, at the MikeHewittShow.com. Let us know what you're thinking. Tell me if we're wrong, we're right, something you wished we'd cover, something you wished I shut my mouth on. I get all that. In the meantime, though, thanks for joining us, and please, please, please be safe. We'll see you next week.